Last Sunday's gospel provides a point of departure, a point of reference, and of understanding for today's gospel. We heard that John the Baptist came preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. This in line with the words of the prophets of old, who, while calling the people back to fidelity with God, to turn from their sins, at the same time, they spoke of the coming of the Messiah, the long-awaited one of Israel, the desire of the nations, he who would free the people from their sins and redeem them. St. John the Baptist, as a messenger and herald of Emmanuel, preaches both repentance of sins and conversion of life. That is, a change of heart toward God, reflected in the actual goodness of one's life. He says clearly that the one mightier than he, the Christ, is coming, the leader of the final struggle against Satan and evil will indeed come. He is in our midst. He demands a sincere, a total, wholehearted turning to the Lord at once, and so a turning from our sins and offenses and our way of life, which is contrary to God and his commands. St. John's preaching of repentance and conversion is an invitation to return to God from whom we have wandered. It denotes a detachment from evil, its allurements, and its momentary, fleeting so-called pleasures and desirability. It calls for an attachment to the good, that is, to God. Our response to this gift of God is a conscious determination to change our life a determination aroused by the very mercy of God himself. The Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches that the call to conversion does not aim first at outward, external works, such as sackcloth and ashes, necessary fruits, though, of conversion, to be sure. Rather, preceding these fruits is the internal conversion of the heart, which makes which is made possible for the external works and expressions of their interior heartfelt reality. Interior repentance, then, is a radical reorientation of one's whole life or a return to him from whom we have strayed, a return with our whole heart, an end to sin, and a repugnance toward the evil actions which we have committed. It entails the desire and the resolution to change our life with hope in God's abiding mercy of which we should never despair and trust in his help of grace. Hence, the questions of the crowds, the tax collectors, and the soldiers heard in today's gospel, uttered so long ago, take on a new light and urgency as they become our questions. What ought we to do? When St. Luke uses the designation the crowd or the crowds in the gospel, 
Biblical commentators usually understand this to mean primarily the Jewish religious leaders, that is, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. John's answer to their question echoes the teaching of the Decalogue and foreshadows the response of Jesus to the question put to him concerning which is the greatest of the commandments. St. John says, The one with two coats give to him who has none. The one with food should do the same. St. John is teaching us of a selfless, generous love and charity toward others. For works of mercy and love of neighbor are expressions of our love for God. On hearing Jesus preaching and moved by the workings of divine grace within them, the tax collectors and sinners ask the same question, what ought we to do? Tax collectors now were that brood of people thoroughly despised by Jews and Romans alike. They were Jews who, who bought from Rome the right to collect taxes for the Roman emperor and at the same time to line their own pockets as full as they could possibly do. John's answer is that, is that of the prophets. Act with justice, with honesty, with fairness, and mercy. Act with God's very own heart. As a result of the power of the word of God and of St. John's witness, Soldiers put the same question to St. John the Baptist. And what about us? What are we to do? They received the answer, which would outwardly express the interior workings of conversion in their hearts and their souls. Do not bully anyone. Foreshadowing Jesus' teaching on humility, gentleness, service, respect for others. You know, the Lord said, how it is with the Gentiles, how their great ones make their importance felt. It cannot be like that with you. St. John's preaching and baptism for repentance leading to the forgiveness of sins is manifested in deed and in truth. They are the fruit of God's initiative in the work of conversion. They are expressed as a new and radical way of acting, different from the world's ways of trying to live a holier life, a life revealed in the law and the prophets. Heeding the Baptist's call to repentance and to conversion of heart and of life, we grapple with the same question. What ought we to do there is cause for rejoicing here. Our salvation is at hand. The Lord himself is near. Our Lord, Redeemer, Savior has come. Our Lord, Redeemer, Savior is coming. He is in our midst. Indeed, there is cause, great cause for rejoicing. May we accept and act on God's grace of repentance and conversion of life in our hearts and in all that we are about.